It's Wednesday, May 11th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Mann, from Stock Advisor, Jason Moser, and from Motley Fool Global Gains, Tim Hanson. Guys, good to see you. Howdy. We've got some strange news from Yahoo and some earnings news from Hermes, but we will begin with Disney. Mars may need moms, but apparently moviegoers don't need Mars Needs Moms. Shares of Disney fell after the company reported lower-than-expected earnings, hurt by the terrible box office performance of Mars Needs Needs Moms, which single-handedly reduced Disney's earnings by more than $70 million. Uh, Jason, this is a stock advisor recommendation, uh, but more importantly, much more importantly, I'm a shareholder, so I'm I'm very angry about Mars Needs Moms. But what was your take on the earnings? I was kind of blown away by the Mars Needs Moms. I mean, I guess I've been kind of out of the loop. I didn't even know this movie existed. It's actually a book. <laughs> Being the, the the father of an infant son, we got this book, and the book, which you can imagine, is is very sappy towards mothers. But even my wife hates the book. <laughs> Wow. It's a terrible book, and I can't believe anyone thought it was a good idea to turn it into a movie. And so it the takes green five minutes. To, it no takes brainer. five minutes to read it. No, this is probably it takes like forty minutes. It's a little kid's book that is long and and convoluted <laughs> and awful. It's like Mac was saying, the never ending good night moon. <laughs> you know, freight trade. You're in. You're out of freight trade. <laughs> Donald Cruz is a genius. Mars needs moms. A disastrous read. I don't know, man. I mean, this thing had. Uh, I like what the it book. Had I think Scotty. we need to survey. You like the book? I like the book, but I'm not reading it to a six-month-old child. So He's that's... seven months old. Chris. Oh, okay. <laughs> very well, that's when they make that yeah. leap. I mean, <laughs> he's tending. <Yeah. laughs> that's right. But Dad, seriously, I didn't like the plot twist in the middle of this one. I got to be honest. <laughs> but seriously, Jason, what do you think of this? Seriously, Disney's earnings? I mean, you know, with with the fact that the the movie was was a bomb. I mean, there was a sixty-five percent uh, drop in studio profit alone. Now, to put that in perspective, the studios were responsible for about 17% of revenues, uh, whereas media, the media segment for Disney is, is really, that's what's pulling in the share at, at close to, to half. Uh, Parks, you know, on the other side, contributes close to 30%. And so when you look at it from that perspective, I mean, they had a tough quarter to compare with from last year. The same quarter last year, they were looking at re-releases of Toy Story 1 and 2. They had uh, the release of Alice in Wonderland. So they had they had like over a billion dollar performance right there alone. And and so this year it was, was going to be a tough, tough measure up anyway. But you look at, at like ESPN and ABC, uh, revenues grew in that segment thanks to, to strong advertising. And, um, you know, even we were talking a little bit earlier about the parks and, yeah. and they were seeing the, the trend in parks is, is up. Uh, with the timing issue due to the Easter holiday, it was it was essentially flat. But if you eliminate that, they actually see attendance up uh, at the parks and actually spending at the parks is up as well. Which don't is all, I know it? <laughs> and and even that's basically the idea is they're they're cutting the deals, raising prices with the thought that all we got to do is just get these people in the door. The T-shirt's still going to be thirty five bucks, and and you know once you're in the door, you're going to buy it. Well, well, they also had an issue this this last quarter of the earthquake in Japan. So the the uh, the gate at uh, Tokyo Disneyland was dramatically down and. You know that's that's impacted them, and it, it will probably impact them for a while. But I, I I don't I don't really think of the you know the this movie the single movies bombing as being huge news because you know movies bomb. I mean it 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 happens, and it 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 doesn't really change the franchise. Except I hope this is the death knell of this type of like stop action animated <laughs> movie. You know the what was yeah. that stupid train movie the, called the Polar the, Express. The Polar Express. Gosh. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, Disney, what was it? I don't know. It was almost 20 years ago now where Disney went through that really cold spell with, with animated movies. And it hurt the business for a while because they had bomb after bomb after bomb. And then they yeah. sort of got back on track with, you know, Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. And then they've got back on track with Pixar now. But it's there's more cyclicality here than I think a lot of people give it credit for on the entertainment side. At least. Well, a little less predictability, uh, perhaps. Sure. Yeah. Um, they recently broke ground uh, for a, a Disney World in China. It's due to open in five years. Is there any reason to think that that won't be hugely successful? I, I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't be. I mean, I think uh, Tim and Bill have actually gotten boots on the ground there in China. Could could give a little feedback on how they may take it. But I mean, Hong Kong Disneyland hasn't exactly been a you know, it hasn't exactly been a commercial success. Mm-hmm. They've got you know, there 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 are some you know, there's some real experiential issues that they'll need that they will need to deal with to make it you know completely relevant to the Chinese consumer. Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's cultural. I mean even you know, like our time in Egypt and Kazakhstan. I mean they had Disney. Over there, but it wasn't like There's a Disney, Disney park that in we know. Well, not the parks, <laughs> <laughs> not the parks, but the characters they and the merchandise rockets and all that in the stuff. middle, and, and so they they just it's it's a little bit of a different twist on it. So I mean, they've got to. I think they just have to they have to match to the culture. Uh, hopefully, getting Disney motion pictures. <laughs> Lots of vodka drinking. <laughs> I love that ride. Adult Island is awesome at Disney Kazakhstan. Uh, somewhat depressing. Potato Mountain. <laughs> the walk across the step. Enjoy. <laughs> Uh, hopefully getting Disney Motion Picture Studios back on track. Uh, coming this summer, we've got Pirates of the Caribbean 4 and Cars 2. Which one do you think is going to be a bigger hit, Bill? Well, 4 is more than 2. <laughs> it is. It yeah. is. I, I, Look at the big brains on Bill. Check, check me out. I, I actually think that the uh, – I. Of the Pixar movies, and probably since it's not geared to me, I thought that, that Cars was the was the weakest of their of their franchises in terms of a movie itself. And yeah, we'll see what they do. But I, I think that uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is 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 going to knock it out of the park. Jason, Bill's right. Four is greater than two, but Penelope <laughs> Cruz is greater than them both. So there you um, go. I think I'm going with with Heck Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Either way, how works. do you pronounce it, Chris? I I, I go both Just ways. Say, yeah, you you do. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I also say Pirates. It has both adult and kid appeal, and Cars is kind of a weak franchise. But the lesson here, as always, is follow up a bomb with a sequel, <laughs> <laughs> because that's there's certainty there. I'm going with Cars too, because you never bet against Pixar, never, except Mo- when it comes to Cars too. <laughs> you know what? We'll check back in a few months. We will. We'll, we'll see right. how it works. Let's out. do that. All right. <laughs> Share some action on this. Let's make it interesting. <laughs> All right. Shares of Yahoo down 8% today after the company disclosed that it no longer owns Alipay, which is the PayPal of China. Tim Hansen, this is a Motley Fool recommendation. What in the world is going on it here? It seems bad. i got to be honest. This is int- it was a very <laughs> subtle little footnote in their 10Q filing yesterday. Um, Those are always the best ones. The, the, background, ones. the background here is that uh, Yahoo owns um, a large, uh, better than 40% per- stake in a company in China called Alibaba Group, which owns three things there. Alibaba.com, which is a business-to-business e-commerce website. Alibaba, uh, Taobao.com, which is a eBay-type Amazon.com consumer e-commerce website, and Alipay, which underlies it all. Plus Disney Kazakhstan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Worthless. And there, there have been a lot of people, including us at Global Games and um, uh, David um, Einhorn at Greenlight Capital, who have jumped on this thesis that Yahoo is worth more because it has this ownership stake in a fast-growing, very successful Chinese internet business. And Chinese internet businesses right now are being wildly valued. Um, what happened yesterday is, in addition to getting the good news that Taobao sales doubled year over year. That's very, good news. Very good news. 
We learned that uh, Chinese regulators had apparently started to consider Alipay a bank, which meant that foreign foreigners could not own it. Um, so the company it has been restructured so that uh, Jack Ma, the founder of Alibaba, now has his own company in China that directly owns Alipay. Uh, and that is no longer then belongs to Alibaba Group. And Yahoo and the other major foreign investor, SoftBank, are now negotiating to get their economic interest in Alipay back. So this uncertainty is what the market appears to be reacting to. I tell you what, whenever I read footnotes, I always think that it, there's probably a problem if you could see them starting the footnote with, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing about this. You want the good news or the bad news? <laughs> the good news is that Alipay is doing great. The bad news is it's doing great for somebody else. Now, I do think this is a little overblown because I think there's an easy solution here. Yeah. Um, and that's that basically the workaround for these types of things in China, and this is true of banks, uh, media companies, um, educational companies, educational companies yeah. anything doing with defense, um, anything China considers a strategic industry, and they define that pretty broadly. But the workaround historically has been you sign a contract, so the ownership of the Chinese company stays with uh, people in China, but the economic interest via contract, so the profits and things, accrue yeah. to something owned by foreigners. That has to be how this works out. Um, Jack Ma sits on the board of SoftBank, mm-hmm. which is the other major shareholder that is going to get that it, that that is affected by this. And I don't think, even though his relationship with Yahoo has been a little bit um, brusque of late. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think he would treat SoftBank the same way, and ultimately Yahoo and SoftBank need to be treated the same, or else there's a, there's a bigger legal issue. Bill. Yeah, unlike a lot of things in China, this is a fairly uncontroversial solution that that happens in in a bunch of different spheres of business. So, I think that's probably where they're going. But the, interesting uh, day. The footnote either <laughs> said too little or too much. Right. I, I'm going to say. And finally, this morning, luxury company Hermes International posted a 26% rise in first quarter sales, and the stock is up on very heavy volume. Uh, Tim Hinton, have you been loading up on handbags and scarves? <laughs> you know, I like a good Hermes tie. Um, the incredible thing here is that this is an expensive stock. You yeah. know, it's one we've looked at for a long time because it's a great luxury brand, uh, but it's just, you know, it's a great it's a great brand, and it's not hasn't historically been that great an operator, but it had a great quarter. You know, emerging markets were um, a big driver of the growth here, and it just goes to show that you know we are in a little bit of a two-speed recovery where wealthy people are doing quite well, and luxury goods companies are doing great, and, and this is true, I think, globally as much as it is here in the United States, and, and lower tier or companies that that cater to um, less affluent consumers are still struggling a little bit. Uh, again, luxury goods, Hermes. Hermes. Why isn't it Hermes? Hermes. As, you, as Tim said, they make really nice ties. Is there a um, fashion or accessory mulligan that you'd like to take when you look back on your life? Is there a fashion choice that you've made? We're going to be here for a while if Bill yeah. gets to go. <laughs> or if you're like, wow, I'd kind of like that one back. That's not very nice. I'm sorry. Tim? Well, I'll go first then. There was a, a fad, I believe, in, in fifth or sixth grade for me where, where uh, people to school wore those track suits that make the swishy when you walk. It's like, <laughs> the awesome. Costanza. The so Costanza I wore, <laughs> I had a track suit in elementary school, and I'm not, I'm not proud of that. Jason? All right. So th- I've played golf for probably, you know, 35 years or so. Did you go I full up, Cleveland? I grew up back in the era, <laughs> back in that Caddyshack era of the butterfly collar golf shirt. Nice. Um, Pick up that blood. <laughs> you didn't really have an option, I don't think, but, but it, was, it was there. There are pictures, and I'm not proud. Oh, who has the pictures? I 
going to assume that's my mom and dad. Thankfully, back then, they're not digital, so All right. I think I can Mr. still Mr. and Mrs. Moser, them. drop us an email. Radio. Scan them. Scan those pictures. <laughs> Radio at fool.com. <laughs> Send us your fashion nightmares. Bill Mann? Does eyeliner count? Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> eyeliner? Yeah. What bet did you lose? No. You're no. a Kira fan, choice, aren't you? dude. Yeah. Conscious choice? Conscious. Conscious and stupid. Nice. You're asking. Wow. I, I, any, any more details than that? Or you just. I, do you need any more? <laughs> I, I, I look at Matt. Everyone is on the other side. Did Mr. and Mrs. Moser have pictures of that? <laughs> that would be concerning. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, no. Bellman, Jason Moser, Tim Hansen. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. You are welcome. Wow. I mean, <laughs> give me the location at least. Where was Good this? Look on Max. You're at a Cure Thanks. concert? Where were you? I was in high school.